Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy, and today we've got an amazing guest on our show, as always. He is a living example of I can, I shall, I will. Sean Enton, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, doctor. Thanks for having me on the show. Dave is fine, and I appreciate you being here. <laughs> now, of Sean, you were on top of the world there. You were into MMA. You were uh, really a kick-ass entrepreneur, and then yeah. you had a stroke. Kind yeah, of uh, walk us through uh, what happened there. Of course, sure. I mean, David, uh, I, I lived in San Diego on the water, you know, on the Sunset Cliffs overlooking the water. Oh, married wow. at the time, two young kids. One was only 18 months and the other was four years old. So I was the go-ahead dad. Just We went to SeaWorld. We went to the beach. One child yep. was on my chest. The other child was, was on my shoulders. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was I was the managing member of two companies. And both we took from private to public at the time. And I thought I had everything. And then I started to, to – I, I met the military, particularly I met the Navy SEALs, the local SEALs in San Diego and I fell in love with these guys, you know, the war on terror was just happening. And I really oh, wow. didn't understand the dynamics of what they went through and then who they are. But we have to realize, you know, these are just kids going off to war and, and, and they're trained yeah. to be mercenaries and to protect our children, all of our kids and our families. And it's a volunteer position. And I watched them go off to war, operate and then come back. And when they came back, I didn't quite understand how much head trauma and, you know, invisible trauma, you know, you know they had from, from, from the neck above. And what wow. I mean by that, you know, you know, the PTSD, the combative mm -hmm. concussions, you know, the amount of, of stuff they went through has just been, was just incredible. I mean, it's just, you know, the Navy spends $8 million on every Navy SEAL from boots to combat. That's a lot of money for wow. each Navy SEAL. And so, but however, you train these guys, the training, they go overseas and, and they operate and they, and they know how to operate huge, you know, huge systems. And, and their whole job is really to get the intel, bring it back to the Pentagon and, um, and do their job and, and protect mm -hmm. us and go out there and fight. And right. when they came back, they had nothing. They had nothing. They, you know, the, um, the healthcare system is terrible for them. They had no stipend and they had no money. And here you are asking these group of best athletes in the world to come back and reintegrate back to society. And they were lost. Yeah. How, and, how, how on earth do you do that? Uh, <laughs> great question. Ask the military and they'll tell you a different story. But right. um, so I met them. You know, I, I fell in love with these young kids. Um, at the time, I was mm -hmm. only 40. These guys are all in their 20s and um, well-built, you know, studs. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, I started to work with them uh, because their daughters and my daughters were then friends. Um, and really, re really, Dave, it was just uh, a matter of just really understanding their whole, you know, dynamic of what they went through. And then how do you bring them back into the civilian world? You know, how do you let them go to work in Iraq and Afghanistan? And here they are coming back stateside and they're trying to find a job. They're, you know, mm -hmm. they're trying to reacclimate and they can't. You know, they're hitting the bottle. They're finding whatever they can do. They lost their brotherhood. They lost their family. And they were asking them to step back into society. And 
I just, I gave everything I had, you know, I started teaching them, you know, they want to learn to be entrepreneurs. So I sat down with them, we'd have campfires. And one day I was at my job, I come back home and my wife calls me. She goes, uh, Shawnee, um, we have a bunch of these good looking guys, you know, in our front yards hanging out. I said, hon, there are Navy SEALs, <laughs> feed them food, give them whatever they want. At the time I was, I owned, I owned a tequila business, with Shaquille O'Neal. So we had a lot of tequila lying around the house. And these guys would would drink and I would always serve them up whatever they want. But, you know, you and me may have a shot or two to to take down a whole bottle is a lot of alcohol. Yes. And they were just numbing their pain because the amount of Mm -hmm. of concussions and amount of mental pain and anguish they went through, they just wanted to, they had to numb it somehow. And I didn't really understand the dynamic. And also I realized that, you know, I, I wanted to work with them. I wanted to train with them. I wanted to learn what they knew. And at 39, okay. you know, I was like, I was on top of the world. I was like, okay, what's the next challenge? I'm, tr- I'm, I'm training in jujitsu. One of my best friends is Dan Henderson. He's still fighting for the UFC. And I think it was Strikeforce at the time. And then he was, you know, he was on his last tour. And I told these guys, you know, I'm friends with Dan Henderson. And they're, they're <laughs> like, really? We want to go train with him because they weren't allowed to have, the, the, the Navy didn't want them to have any kind of hand-to-hand combat because they wanted to keep their opponent within, not within three feet of them. So they were snipers or they were triage. So they really didn't have a a big extensive, and they do now, it's a lot different now from what I learned, but back then they really didn't have any kind of hand-to-hand combative experience. So I would take them over to work out with Dan Henderson and do some simple moves. I'm no way a a pro athlete. I'm not a SEAL, I'm just just a civilian. And one day we're, we're going through an exercise it wasn't even at that time, but I was training jujitsu at the moment. I'm still, I'm still really much a beginner. I think it was like a blue belt, maybe working my way up to a purple. And um, I got caught in a choke one day, came back home, told, told my wife at the time, I said, hey, listen, something's going on with my throat. And I felt like this huge, like, felt like a swollen gland. I didn't make anything of it. And Jeez, it, kept, wow. it, kept, it kept getting worse, but I kept training. I kept, I yes. kept touring. You know, I was going to watch Dan fight. I was raising money for my companies. I was playing. I was going to see Shaquille O'Neal in Orlando. He was my partner. So I'm, I'm, I'm traveling the United States. Um, I come back to, you know, and then when I'm home in LA, I'm Mr. Dad. I'm taking them to school. I'm picking them up from school. I'm all hands on. You know, it's her and I. You know, with them, and that clot, and that, and that thing in my throat kept getting worse. What I didn't realize, Thanksgiving of 2011. That was not just a swollen gland, but that actually became um, my carotid artery got dissected and it no started to way. tear and break apart. Wow. So when it started to tear and break apart, it started, you know, with a stroke, let's back up for a second. With a stroke, mm-hmm. you, you basically have like four hours of what's called the declotting, declotting aging or, or, or just called the clot buster. You want to get right. an injection, boom. You know, mm-hmm. you have a stroke, no offense. You do not want to go see your chiropractor. You want to go right to the ER right to the right to the emergency room check yourself yes. in get an exam and looked at and the mm-hmm. symptoms of a stroke stand for fast which means face arm speech and timing so i didn't know any of this so i was i had a crushed i had a crushed dissected artery in my neck and as you know the carotid artery dave sends blood and oxygen up to the brain you stop the blood and oxygen going up to the brain body's going to die Absolutely. so i was going around the united states and touring and watching dan henderson fight and hanging out with Shaq and, and building up these companies with this thing in my throat for, for about six weeks. You usually have about four hours to get the clot buster. 
And right. because I think I was in, in great shape, I just kept moving through it. So mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm up in middle, I'm up in central uh, California at the time in the wine country for Thanksgiving and visiting our friends with my family for the holiday for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and stuff. And, um, one day, you know, I'm, I was up there. I woke up in, in the middle of the night. My wife had taken the two kids upstairs with her because she was sleeping with them and so uh, breastfeeding. I woke up and the room was spinning. And I'm like, okay, maybe I had too much wine or something. I'll let this pass. But I couldn't fall back to sleep. Woke up that next day, went to go look in the mirror, Dave. And I looked at mm-hmm. my face. My face was ash gray. My left side was, was drooping. Was drooping, couldn't, right? Couldn't lift my left arm. And when I went to put out my right hand to look to put it to, to, in front of me to, to look at the mirror, I had no idea what my hand was doing. Like okay. I felt, I looked in the mirror and I felt like my soul was leaving my body and I could not connect and I could not connect my brain with, with my body. I know, I know like probably your perception. I know orientation of even who I was and all mm-hmm. I knew, I thought I was dying. I said to, I said to Stephanie, call my dad. He's a doctor. He's an MD. Uh, retired MD, call my dad. I think I'm dying. Well, he assessed the situation. He said, Stephanie, call the paramedics right right now. I think my son's having a stroke. David, I didn't know what a stroke was. I didn't know. I'm immortal. You know, I'm doing Mm -hmm. jujitsu. I'm hanging out with the seals. I'm I'm hanging out with Shaquille O'Neal. I'm doing my yoga. I'm doing everything I can to stay fit. And I'm having a stroke at the age of 39. Wow. And passed out in the bathroom. She called the paramedics right then and there. They came to get me. They took me to one hospital in Paso Robles here, which is like two hours north of Santa Barbara. And um, the ER doctor started to run some tests on me. He couldn't figure it out because my body was right. in such great shape. Mm-hmm. He's like, so, I don't know so what to before do. You, before you tell us about that, let, let's go back to this point that you're 39 and you, you had no idea about a stroke. Yeah. But – Kind of in hindsight, what other sort of warning signs or symptoms were you having that probably said things weren't right or okay with you? Um, there was a point in time where I was holding my my young, my oldest daughter, who's now who's now fifteen or sixteen. She's now fifteen and a half. She was four years old at the time. I was holding her going to the movies and, and with her and with my left arm, and I mm-hmm. dropped her. Not dropped her no hard, way. but she, I couldn't hold on to her. I was losing I was losing strength in my left in my left side because. Right mm-hmm. side of the, of the brain, left side of the body. So it's, it's diagonal. Yeah. It's crossing. Mm-hmm. And that was like the only thing. I just kept feeling this knobbing pain in my throat. And what it was, it was, it was just, um, kind it, of referred it turned pain. out to be, what? Referred pain, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so the ER do- a doctor at one at this hospital said, I either have a choice to keep him here, which I was going to die go up to San Jose, which they had a stroke center, or call down to Santa Barbara, which is about an hour and a half drive down from Paso to Santa Barbara. Well, in Santa Barbara, there happened to have been in a, a neurosurgeon in the ER on Black Friday. There's no doctors around on Thanksgiving. They're all gone. No, this doctor Zahner listens to the phone call and says, don't, 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 don't put him in an ambulance. He's going to die. I'm sending a helicopter right now. So they medevaced me from Paso to Santa Barbara, I remember the I, I remember the EMTs putting me on the helicopter. The blades were overhead, and I said, I'm go- "I just kept passing out and coming back." I I thought I was dead. I thought I was literally not, I was gonna. Th- this was it for me. And um, 
end up waking up on the um, in, in the emergency room with his doctor's honor looking at me saying, um, just, I couldn't really understand because my speech was gone and my brain kept playing tricks on me because it just wasn't mm -hmm. working. So Dr. Zahner at the time ran some, ran some scans and tests and he found, he found in my, in my neck, the carotid artery looked like that. Uh, he said the only two times he's seen it worse was that of a gunshot wound or a knife wound. Oh. He said it was the size of a baseball sitting here in my neck trying to just pump. And those were sending clots Whoa. in my brain, which was preventing oxygen and blood flow going to my brain. So my brain was swelling so bad that he, mm -hmm. he threw me on ice first. He tried to ice my body to bring down the inflammation, which, which didn't work. And then he, um, and then three days after that, he, he said, he said to my family, cause I, I was incapable of talking. Um, I'll just, I just remember this, them saying, I'm going to be going to sleep for a while. And I was induced in a 10 day coma. Okay. And that did not work either. The coma didn't work. So as I'm in the coma, he's running tests on me. Um, you know, throughout the coma and I kept getting worse. They weren't sure if I was going to be a vegetable or if I was going to pop out of this or they didn't know what to do. And here mm -hmm. my family's going, my family's in disarray. My, everyone doesn't know what's happening. Um, and he says my, he says my family, um, I got to do a craniectomy on Sean and a craniectomy is they had to move a piece of the skull off my head. So my brain, pressure. so my, so the pressure in my brain, so we'd allow my brain to expand. I mean, this sounds all crazy to me, like right now, even talking about it. So it was one of these things, David, where I woke up from, you know, from the coma and I was completely paralyzed, completely paralyzed. Even the, the left side, I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. You know, I, I was, you know, I was just about to get a, a trach because after 10 days of being in, in a coma, your lungs aren't, your lungs need to, your lungs need to fill up. And I wasn't able to breathe. Mm -hmm. So... I remember is waking up and, and them saying to me, breathe now, breathe now, or we're going to have to cut your throat open. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. So I just started to breathe, got into that. And then um, when I started to breathe a little bit, I tried to say to my dad, what's going on? Because I hadn't had any food in probably 30 days or so, or, four, or, or like 20 something days or whatever it was. I went from 180 pounds down to 135. In a few That's days. That's a lot of weight for yeah. somebody. And then I had feeding tubes. I had a pick line in. I had, and then I said, I, I was trying to speak, and I went to scratch my abdomen, and, 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 and my dad said to me, don't scratch your belly. You're, they put your skull in your abdomen. I said, they put my brains in my belly. What do you mean? I didn't even understand because <laughs> I couldn't talk. But they had to store the pieces of, of the skull in my abdomen. Okay. Keep, keep the bone tissue alive. Keep the bone tissue alive. Exactly. Right. So, so that was the first step. That's just part one of this whole thing. Um, as I started to come to Dr. Zahner, the nurse surgeon saw me waking up and, and realizing, Hey, this kid's got a chance at this. Um, speech started to come back um, a little bit. Still didn't understand what the iPhone one was or, or what my name, or even like trying to understand like who my daughters were. I had the brain of a, of a three-year-old at 39. Whoa. Yeah. And then um, all the medications I was on, you know, it was, it was a real bitch. I mean, it, it was a tough uh, process. And then all of a sudden, as the medication started to dissolve or started to go away, the Dilaudid, the morphine, the major drugs that I was on because I had so many surgeries happening at once, 
I hit, you know, I was like, I, I, I had the holy hell moment going, okay, now I better, better figure this out. Now I'm able to see something and feel something. I don't want to be like this. They're, they're telling me I'm paralyzed. They're telling me I can't do this. I can't do that. And now I've got to move from one hospital to the next because I'm in Santa Barbara, but I lived in San Diego and okay. I wasn't able to even understand where I was. So, so kind of you, you woke up, you're in this basically, as you put it, kind of in, in the mind of a three-year-old and not able to function. And then basically as the drugs wore off and as there was a little bit of time, you had this moment of consciousness kicking back in. Is, is that kind of the, the progression? Clarity. Yes. And that I had to figure out, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I know the ability to use um, my left side of my body, even my, even my right side of my body was still, was still like trying to come back. Mm -hmm. And they had to move me on my birthday. I turned 40 in the ambulance going from Santa Barbara to San Diego. Oh, so I got to, to San Diego um, that because I lived down there. They put me in with something called what's called post-acute rehab, which okay. is really where it was a boot camp for about, for, for about three months. Right. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. And, to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you. Um, it's a gift now. And so yes. it really is. It, it, it's a blessing now. And I've never Definitely. forgot the first psych, um, 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 neuropsychiatrist who got, who got a hold of me said to me, your brain is dead. You're not going to walk for a long time and forget about working and just get ready, just get ready to be here. And I looked at her with everything I said and said, don't ever tell me I can't do anything. Wow. And I just got to work and I walked out of that hospital eight weeks post after being in there. Not great, but I just had a mindset. It was really a mindset of me wanting to push through this. Yes. You know, I wasn't able to transfer from my bed to my chair, from my chair to the bathroom. All I remember is just remembering knowing that there was a gym outside my room because I'd lived in my room and I couldn't even bring the fork to my mouth. I couldn't, I didn't know how to eat, forget shaving, forget anything. It was no, nothing mm -hmm. was even possible. And I remember the therapist, I fired her. They brought in, in a team of, of new therapists and I said, now it's time to get to work and I need you guys to keep up with me. And, and I was just like, let's do it. There's no time. There, there's no time to waste. Get me into that gym, and and when they say we got to get in the gym, they, they said we got to get you off all your pain meds, and we got to get rid of your um, feeding tube, and you're tied to a pick line. So I had this mindset: I'll take the pick line out myself. I tried to pull that out myself. Not a good <laughs> idea. I don't recommend it to do Not this anywhere else. And then the pick line in, and I even know they were pumping antibiotics from the pick line into my heart, as you know. Because post post acute surgeries, you get a lot of complications if the body's not if the body's not receiving the right medications. So, mm -hmm. started doing the therapies, and you know, I just I made I created this mantra behind me which says I can, I shall, I will, because I started taking my first steps, and those step those first steps you know led to more steps. I just kept walking and climbing, just kept going, and. It was a journey. It was a battle back. And, you know, yes. that that was the first part of it, David, was really just understanding that. And then getting moved around from a post-acute rehab to what's called, they brought me back home to home health therapy. Then they put me back into community reentry where I had to learn how to use money and credit cards and navigate into a store because I didn't know everything. Nothing worked. I was light sensitive, sound, sound sensitive. My whole body was hurting. My brain was hurting. 
and yes. the medications really weren't, you know, it's like playing, it's like, it's like practicing medicine. As you know, we don't know which meds are going to work for, for which person. And sure enough, by, by luck of God, and I really do believe this within that time, I moved back up to LA at the time because I needed a lot more care than what I could get in San Diego. My parents took me in and a friend of mine was a chiropractor. He came over and looked at me and I'll never forget his name is Harold Turk. And he goes, Shawnee, I'm going to get you better. And nice. I said, please. And then he put me on the table and started to align, align me. Mm -hmm. And against my father's uh, choices, <laughs> or finding my doctors, they're like, you know, let a chiropractor do what to you. And, right, and yeah. I kept going, I kept, you know, I was going through therapy. I had PT, I had speech, I had OT, I had all these great therapists. But the problem is the system is so messed up because no one is talking to anybody. The neurosurgeon did a great job, but he's, he's cut and run. He's gone. You know, mm -hmm. now I had a physiatrist in one hospital, you know, you have therapists in three different hospitals and then now you come back home and there's more therapists. Yeah. So, you know, the system is just, is just, it failed me. It's not so the doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. The system failed me. And then mm -hmm. when he came in and he started to treat me, I just knew I couldn't drive. So he literally came and picked me up and took me to his office. And oh, wow. um, yeah. in the wheelchair, I think, below, or before, or even with a cane or a walker. And the more he was able to realign my spine and realign my gait and realign everything, mm -hmm. it's like what I talk about. It was a beautiful, it happened perfectly. And then I realized, I realized more what chiropractors have to offer, a tribute to you, a tribute to all of them, is that you guys think outside the box. And with the stroke, with, with the neurology of a stroke, at this part of my brain is so-called dead, according to MDs, or you mm -hmm. know, I say dormant. How do we rewrap that? How do we get the neuroplasticity working? Because we got we we got knock on the knock on the hippocampus was which which is all about the memory, you know, the right. present, the short term, and the present, you know, and the future and everything else. And the amygdala, you know, works on speech. No one knew any of this. You know, no one's talking right. to me. My neurologist is saying, "Hey, here's a prescription." He's great. They're all wonderful doctors. But until right. I got into the chiropractic world and realized. Okay, now there's oxygen, there's PMFs, there's there's cryo, there's inflammation. You know, how do you let's first of all let's start working on the microbiome. Let's mm -hmm. let's figure out what the second brain in the body is doing. I didn't know any of this. All I knew is yeah. I was I was a hell of an athlete, peak performance, and now I had the mindset and will to want to come back because yeah. I found my why is that I did not want to be in the chair, and and I wanted to be able to walk down the aisle for my daughter's wedding someday, you know, nice. you know, I want to be around for them and I want to be more huge. I don't want the wheelchair and no mm -hmm. offense to the wheelchair for anybody. But if I knew if I started taking my first steps, I would go. Yep. And i got up, I fell, I fell, you know, I got up, I, I kept going and I tell everybody, you gotta just, you gotta just keep, you gotta just keep moving. And Sean, I, I just want to circle back on a couple of things you said there. And, uh, yeah, with the with the patients I've worked with, uh, post-stroke realm or concussion or anything in that regards, is the ones that get better have that mentality of, yes, I'm going to, or their support networks do if that's missing or it's being damaged in, in their stroke. And then just to circle back what you were saying about chiropractic and uh, thinking outside the box, yes, like absolutely is that it's a read and react 
type of philosophy. It's to look at the nervous system and see what things yeah. are happening to it. And the adjustments, uh, everybody kind of because of the regular kind of marketing behind it, thinks an adjustment is the alignment, as, as you mentioned. But it's bigger than that. You're stimulating these huge receptors, which sends a huge amount of stimulation up to the brain and helps the brain out through that stimulation. And you think about all these different modalities, acupuncture, aromatherapy, massage, chiropractic, exercise. The one that's going to have the biggest stimulation is going to be an adjustment. You feel it. Yeah. It sends that impulse up to the brain. And we now actually have random RCTs studies on chiropractic and stroke now. And that's that's really exciting to, and to move forward is that now the research is kind of validating everything you've just mentioned with how you started to feel better with it. And then adding on other modalities and stimulations that are going to help the nervous system out. And then also being able to observe it so that you can actually see if you're overstimulating a patient versus just following a cookie cutter approach. And that's just so key with helping people and getting them better in these conditions. And, and yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I'm going to add to that is, and I'll say deep tissue massage could, because we spasm mm -hmm. and we get locked shoulder, we get locked, you know, we have foot drop. We have all these things happening to us, right? Manipulation and deep tissue massage. And, and I've tried everything. And then mm -hmm. what really a, a, a key factor with me is I met two doctors. One is Dr. Adam Del Torto, who, who created something, something called the CFR treatment, cranial facial release, yes. where you put these balloons up my nose and, and inflate them. <laughs> okay. Yep. And it would, it would literally, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, adjusting, adjusting the whole skull from up the nose after about treat after about 20 or so treatments he did, I started waking up, things started to bounce back, things started to happen. Mm -hmm. And then he is amazing, Dr. Adam, um, world-renowned. And then I met another doctor, Dr. Uh, Jason, is a founder of Therabody and the okay, Theragun, yep. which is the vibrating percussor. And yes. the vibration, the tone, the frequency on the body, hey, that works with my nervous system. Absolutely. And if, you, if you'd apply that to my left arm, where it's the weak side, that's going to send a signal to the right side of my brain saying, hey, okay, let's knock, let's knock, on, this back, let's knock on this back door. Let's wake this up. And... Yes. I mean, it's like, you know, for people, and then listen, I get backlash all the time. People are saying, why are you promoting chiropractors? I'm like, they, <laughs> they, they're bringing me back to life. Western medicine right. is great. And I tell everybody, if you're having a stroke, don't go to Dr. David, go right to the hospital. Go they're the stroke hospital. centers. Yes. Once you're added, once you're out of post-acute care and you've gone through all your therapies and you think you plateaued, Dr. David and, and the rest of them can then help you out and give you hope because what you guys do is you guys provide hope and a goal and give people the chance to take their next steps. Yes. Because as, as we know, with insurance and with money, you know, insurance will give you maybe a hundred hours to walk again. How do you have a hundred hours to know if that person's going to walk? It's crazy. They yeah. They don't, you know, and it's like, no, no, no on know, that point too, you just mentioned that, well, the stroke was way back in 2011, correct? Yes. And you're still getting improvements to this day, aren't Tremendous you? Tremendous improvements. I mean, this morning um, I did something new with my trainer where I'm getting my left arm, which has been paralyzed for for 10 years, and there's been little oh. movement. Slow, there's slowly stuff that started coming back. 
I started to use this. I started to use the product from this biotech company in Salt Lake City. It's called Asia, where mm -hmm. you apply this to to your, your your ears that that you're hurting or that you're in agony. Um, it's actually made as a skincare line. My scars have gone away. My wrinkles have gone away. <laughs> There's also a drinkable version of this, as you okay. can see now on my left eye, my eyebrows are now working. It's crazy. Like this is breaking the blood brain barrier because the only thing outside of this is stem cells and stem cells for me is $50,000 anywhere here yes. in LA. I got to go to Colombia. I got to go to Bo I got to go to Costa Rica or I got to go to um, Panama and, and there I'm going down and getting someone to, you know, they want to do a spinal tap on me with stem cells, which is mm -hmm. not, which is not bad, but this, the science is not yet there. And right. so when I found this company um, six months ago, I, another metal brother of ours named Sean Dredman, who was representing the company, I said to Sean, I'm in so much pain because it's been 10 years, but I was so used to just being in pain that, you know, always in uh, 9, 10 or 11 that um, I needed something. I was yes. going through another period of my life where it's like, how much more am I going to handle this? And he said, just take, the, just take the topical, which is this, apply it to your shoulder, apply it to, you know, your left ankle, put it on, on the parts of your body, put it on the vagus nerve on the neck where it's going to get, it's going to transport it in the body. And I kid you not, David, within a few days, I called him and I said, <laughs> I don't want to tell you this, but it's working. Cause I, I, so many people from all over the world send me the, their stuff. I don't believe any of it because I think it's all snake oil. But the two things that have, that I believe on is the Theragun and Therabody and this ASEA product, um, which is basically, if you look at it, it just has salt water on it. But the way they put the electrolysis through, this, this product literally allows my cells to communicate within my body, cross the blood-brain barrier. And right now it's waking up the right, side of, uh, the, the, the right side of my brain, which is dormant. And things are happening to me that haven't happened in 10 years. So if That's anyone amazing. tells you that um, you only have 18 months and you're never going to come back, get, get out and walk away from them and get, get away. Cause that's all bullshit. Yes, that is absolutely. And, and there's always another level people can there's reach. always another level. Yeah. And if you have the hope and the belief, because mm -hmm. listen, I could have been, I could have been there. I could have been on all these meds and medications are fine, but how much Zoloft and Xanax can someone take and Prozac and Oxycontin and narco, and then you become addicted to all that stuff. Yes. And that's not helping me heal. That's mm -hmm. not reducing my inflammation. That's not helping no, not me, you know, reroute the neural pathways. That's just mending right. it for right then. And then you become bloated, you become lethargic, you want to eat more. And yes. your whole that and your whole internal, I mean, your whole body is sick. And yeah. then I introduced oxygen, the live O2 or, or hyperbaric chambers to me, as you know. If you, if you maximize your, your O2 in your body, the body is going to heal because the oxygen is going to transport that. So you take the oxygen mixed with the ASEA and you blow that into the, into the body and it gets to the brain. You're going to, I mean, you're going to do things you haven't done before. I right. mean, my biggest issue now is- And, and it's, it's all working now. at the cellular level there, just trying I'm to get- On the level, heat. exactly. Absolutely. And yeah, for, for people that are listening in and want to hear more about that- uh, we actually had Sean on the show as well. And then he, uh, he had you on uh, some pulsed electric magnetic frequencies as well. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Sean's great. Yeah. He is um, one of my uh, coaches, of course, but um, there's always a solution out there. There really Absolutely. is. And it's just, but I'll say this to you guys too. Um, the nervous system, 
you know, because now I understand what the SEALs went through. If your nervous system is broken, a couple mm-hmm. things are happening. And I'm going to geek out for a second. Yes. Um, if, you're, if your cortisol levels are raised, according to Mark Goldstein, who is our, who's our metal psychiatrist, who's known all over the world, it's like the humans, it's like the brain is releasing cocaine into the body. If your cortisol levels are always up, you're always in fight or flight, right? Yes. If you can reduce mm-hmm. that cortisol levels, you're then going to allow the serotonin and dopamine to come in the love chemicals and really flush out what it needs and allow the, allow the brain to breathe and to, and to connect. Because if you, have a, if you have a nervous system which is always being hijacked or, or being worked, you can't sit still. You have no flow. You're all, I mean, you have all these other things that you're going to pick up from ADHD or OCD, whatever it's going to be. But I feel like I've been through all of it because of what my brain, what's happened in my brain. But this product has lowered my cortisol levels. Sleep is better and everything else is better. Now, you've, you've measured your, your cortisol with this, correct? Have I measured my cortisol uh, by my labs? No, I can just tell you by, by just how I feel. I would love mm-hmm. to. I probably, that's probably my next step. I'll be honest with you. I haven't done that. But I can tell yeah, you definitely. I'm a lot more calmer than I have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ba- you know, back to this whole thing happening, I realize now my shook's a gift. Because if this wouldn't happen to me, I would never have met you. I would never have met so many people because I, because I became what's known as, as the stroke hacker. I know yes, how people yeah. all over the world hack their stroke. It doesn't matter if it's a stroke or if it's a brain injury, a TBI. I can get in that person's head or mindset and if I can crack a smile on somebody, I just won. And my nice. whole goal is really to help people take their first steps and help them get through the road to recovery because that's yeah. so essential. Well, well, let's let's walk through this, uh, the work you're doing with Stroke Hacker, because obviously sure. you've been through it. You've tried so much and now you're you're helping to lead other people, uh, the 15 million people per year who have a stroke and yeah. who are recovering to, to get better. Uh, what what sort of things and strategies um, or experiences are, are you helping people out with here? Well, thank you for asking that. I just built a master course right now and a curriculum and, and, and authored a bunch of, of products that I'll be releasing here in the next um, in the next month and a community, not just for stroke, but for brain injury, any kind of traumatic okay. brain injury survivors, whether they're veterans, whether they're ex NFL players or hockey or soccer, anywhere there's combative injury to the brain, mm-hmm. I can work with them. And I built, you know, I built up, uh, I built up a system because when someone has a, a traumatic brain injury and they need surgeries and they go to the hospital, what happens is that survivor touches seven people, their, their loved ones, their spouses, their kids, their parents, mm-hmm. their caregivers, their care partners, their therapists. And there's no one in there who's like kind of the head coach. And there's right. so much stress and depression, which happens amongst, believe it or not, you know, you know, our veterans alone right now, there's over 75 veterans a day in the United States killing themselves. That's the suicide rate. 75 that's, a day. That's a tragedy. Amongst yeah. stroke survivors, it's getting up there. Amongst brain injuries, it's getting even higher. Yes. Because it's all about the nervous system. Definitely. And then you want to look at another, another level. Do you know the suicide rate for the loved ones of that survivor goes up? Because they're like... What do I do now? This was my mm-hmm. this was my provider. This was my person. This was my husband. This was my wife. This was my child. I what am I going to do? And then right. they play why me. And my whole thing is what I start to teach people. It's not about why me. It's about it's about why not me. 
And I help people to discover their own powers. And what I do is I teach, take people through my own course, and then I teach them to become their own stroke hackers so they can then lead their own clients and their own and start coaching themselves. So right. to me, I want to pay it forward because they have the gifts. I mean, no offense, David, I know a lot more about stroke than you or my neurologist because you guys haven't gone through it right? from, from, from a patient. Mm -hmm. So that's why I talk to you and my neurologist. It's like, you know, and I have chiropractors who call me and say, hey, listen, I got this case. What, what do you recommend? And the right. smallest of things happen. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of tr uh, tricks and, and traits and stuff. But when someone comes back from the hospital after being in the hospital for three months, they don't know how to get acclimated into their own house. They don't know what to do. I have a whole no, program which shows them step by step how to come back home. You know, even how to take a shower, how to use the bathroom, how to prepare food. And then like me, I'm right now, I'm only on one handed left hand is still coming back. But I work with people who are amputees and I have products and services that I can show people how to open up a jar how to use a shower. And the biggest thing with us is the fear of falling because we're, we're, yes. we're, we're what's called fall risk. If we fall early on in a brain injury, we'll break something and we go right back to the hospital and we're right back to square one and it starts, the whole game starts again. Yeah. And you have to literally you have to go through the whole cycle of, of therapies just to, just to heal whatever you just broke. Yeah. And if you have one good hand and you use that hand to break your fall, you now have a left arm, a left hand, a left arm that is paralyzed and your right hand is broken. What do you do? So I'm going to try, I'm going right. to prevent them from that even happening. Simple Perfect. things like how to shoes, you know, why I put certain uh, um, um, slip, uh, non-slip pads in the bathroom, things that are so small that you don't even think about doing. It's like, and I reduce the stress levels, you know, and it's like all these companies out there are now getting into the adaptive and the disability market. It's just people, you know, how do you tie your shoes? How do you put on a belt? How do you put on your shirt? How do you make a cup of coffee? Now you have one hand, you're blind in one eye, you got brain fog and you're trying to, you're, and then, and then all of a sudden, Hey, you want to drive again? That's a whole right. other, that's a whole other uh, chapter. And mm -hmm. then I want to get back to work. So what I've done is I've taken people from being in the hospital, going all the way back, driving back to work and getting reacclimated into the work field. And getting reacclimated with, with 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 their wife and their kids. One of them is a good friend of mine, Tony Bodia. He took he he loved me so much. he appreciated me so much. He took my mantra and put the tattoo he tattooed his arm with it, and he shows everybody. <laughs> and I got people. I have someone who just put stroke hacker on their check because on their chest because I helped them, not even knowing I helped them. But I've been on podcasts like yours that they found me and they inspired. And my whole thing is, I want to I want to stand for those who can't stand for themselves. And I want to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Right. That and that's what really, that's what I do. I work with private clients, but I work, I work in groups. I love nice. the group work and I build the community. Perfect. I think that's an invaluable service then that, yeah, it, it needs to be provided. And having somebody who's gone through it is, is the perfect way to do that. What would be your advice to for people who are struggling to come up with the funds then? Um, the first thing I say is find your why, find your inspiration, what inspires you, you know, because it's going to be, it's going to be a tough road. It, it's a mm -hmm. journey. You'll, you will get through it, but it's like anything else. If you want something so bad and you want to walk again, you want, you want to regain your life. You want to see again, you, I, I, there's all possibilities, chiropractors, especially, you know, I work with clients who have lost their vision. 
from, from a brain injury to get ran over by a wave runner. He's got double vision. I'm teaching him how to see without his eyes because when you become disabled, you have other sensory, you have other, you, your hearing will get better, your smell will get better, your sensitivity to touch and feel will get better. You're tapping into a higher consciousness of, of living, whether it's yes. the Joe Dispenza's of the world or, you know, what, what we all look into, but there's so many wonderful attributes and traits of all this, yeah, but you, it's just slowly getting yourself back. And in the beginning, hey, listen, I didn't understand it. I didn't want to do it. I fought with everybody. I, but I had to go through my darkest points. And what I do now is I find people in their dark moments. I come in there with a little bit of a light. I'll turn on the candle and walk them out of that darkness and into the light. And together we'll get, we'll get to, we'll get to wherever they want to go. And, you know, I say to everybody, giving up is selfish. Suicide is horrible because it, you're, you're set, you're, you're, you're minutes away or steps away from finding your independence because I can help you find your independence. And so can the chiropractors. It doesn't matter how you, you find your chiropractor. I don't give you will in there. I don't give you walk in there slowly, get to your chiropractor, learn what they're doing. Ask me, ask David, because everything from nutrition to topical, anything that you put on your body or in your body is going to help you. Cause the first thing is your body's inflamed. Let's take those, let's take down those inflammation markers. Let's, 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 let's get a lot of rest. Let's heal. There's no need. This, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I know they've all heard this already. And the biggest thing, I'll, the biggest thing I'll say to everybody is find your time to meditate, find your time to breathe and rest. Because if you're not sleeping well, the brain will not heal because you can do all the therapy you want, physical therapy, OT, speech. But if you do not give yourself time to take a break, then the body can't, the brain can't, can't catch up to the body and vice right. versa. Well, Sean, I appreciate everything that you've said and everything that you that you're doing to help other people out. I don't think there's anything else we can kind of cover in this short short amount of time that uh, people need to come and find you for that more information, especially if they're struggling. So once again, they can find you at thestrokehacker.com and where Yeah, strokehacker.com, S-T-R-O-K-E-R-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, strokehacker.com, or just Google my name, it's Sean Enton. And I'm sure you'll post the link here. But David, thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. And thank God bless all the chiropractors out there because you guys are the ones who put me back together. And uh, my gratitude is huge. And thank you for that. And we feel we feel your big heart there, Sean. And thank you. Yes. For everyone listening in, stay tuned to the next episode and definitely look up Sean Enton and the Stroke Hacker as well. Take care and have a great day.